Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Word of God from Isaiah 43, today's Old Testament reading. But now, thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. This is God's word. I want you to think for a moment about all the emotions that come with being called by your name. When you are a child, perhaps mom or dad might call your name, especially if you were doing something you should not be doing. And of course, there was the dreaded call with your first middle, and last name when you were really doing something bad. Maybe you've experienced the emotion that comes with sitting in the waiting room of a doctor's office, and it's one of those appointments you're really uncertain about. And when that, that nurse comes out and calls your name, that it's your time to come out of the waiting room and go back and see the doctor, your stomach does that little flip Because you know you're about to find something out, and it could be bad. Or maybe you've experienced a time of loneliness, and sadness, and darkness, and hearing someone say your name. It's like a light being shined into that darkness and into that despair, and it gives you a sense of warmth and companionship. To know that someone is there and sees you and recognizes you. Israel is the one whom the Lord God calls by name in our Old Testament reading. And of course, the name of Israel is one that, well, when Isaiah writes to them, was in the process of being dragged through the mud and by their own doing. Israel, who loved to prostitute themselves with other nations. That's the language God used. He compared them to an unfaithful spouse who went, well, in blunt language, whoring after other gods. They wanted to be like the pagan peoples. They wanted to forget about the commands and Ways of living that God had set out for them and do things their own way. And so God would send foreign countries in to haul them off into exile. First in the north and then in the south. Their rulers would be brought to shame before the people. They would be living in exile. They would have to live in strange nations with strange people speaking strange languages. And there would be no sympathy for the ways and the culture of Israel. There would be no respect for kosher dietary laws. There would be no temple for bringing your sacrifices. Strange people in a strange land. A people whose name was mud. Maybe some of you have experienced your name being tattered. 
either rightly or wrongly. You know what it's like to be identified by your sin or accused unjustly. Surely the pages of history and the news are filled with those people whose names have been brought down by scandal. It swept through Hollywood a few years ago. Harvey Weinstein, Kevin Spacey. It happens in sports all the time. Remember when Tiger Woods, perhaps the most decorated athlete in the entire world, was brought down by scandal. Infidelity. Sometimes it may seem as though your name has been brought to the point where it can never be recovered. And certainly, if you have a name like Harvey Weinstein, perhaps your name is beyond repair. At least to be able to return to the same sort of influence and prominence and importance that you had once before. The people of God are not so hopeless. For the Lord God calls them by name. In spite of their sin, in spite of their wickedness, he says, He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. I don't know if you realize this, but the word of God has this effect that maybe we often forget. That we should understand that it's being spoken to us individually. And that's a little bit of a tension we have to deal with as the church. Because on the one hand, we are the church. The body of Christ. A people together in communion and fellowship with one another. And at the very same time... As God speaks to us in communion together, he also speaks to us individually. The gifts that he gives to you are for you. No matter what's happened to your name, no matter your guilt, no matter your shame, no matter your past. He is the one who created you. He is the one who has redeemed you in the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. You probably don't remember the first time God spoke your name, but he did. At the font. When often it's a child, but not always. When someone comes to the font to be baptized. The pastor speaking on behalf of God. Not by himself, but speaking God's word. Calls that person, that child, that individual by name. And says the words, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The people of God know that each and every one of them, you know that you 
have been called by name by your Lord God. And what did he do to you? He put his name on you. I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. It's his way of saying, you are mine. You belong to my family. Any of you who have children and ever have taken their things, their snow boots and their snow pants or their notebooks and boxes of crayons, anything they bring to school with them, and you write the name on it, it shows that it belongs to someone. There's ownership. In Isaiah 43, the Lord God stakes out his ownership of you. He says, you belong to him. I have created you. I have called you by name. I have formed you. You are mine. That's not in a scary, possessive, wicked way. He is your father. You are part of his family. As he says through the words of Isaiah, everyone who is called by name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made, he says, I love you. You are precious in my eyes and honored. There was no reason for Jesus to be baptized because of his sin. Because we know that he had none. We know he didn't need to be baptized because he was overwhelmed by the darkness of this world. Because we know that he is the light that comes into the world. He was baptized that he might be anointed with the Holy Spirit... And that God the Father might speak those words. You are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. The joy of our baptism is that what God says of his son Jesus in his baptism, he now says of you. That's what Paul lays out for us in Romans chapter 6, our epistle for today. Do you not know that those of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into his death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, we too might live a new life. For if we have been buried with him in a death like his, United with him, we shall surely be united with him in a resurrection like his. In baptism, when you are put into Jesus, you are now identified with Jesus. So that only through him and only by means of his holy life and his perfect death and his victory over the grave, only through him can God look at you but now say to you, with you. I am well pleased. All because of who Jesus is. 
And you know it's yours. Because God spoke your name. He called you by name and said, You are mine. He even takes it one step further in our Old Testament lesson. He says not that he just calls Israel by name, but he calls them the people called by my name. And sure enough, when you talk about Israel, and you think about Israel and the history of Israel, what should you as a Christian rightly think about? What great people they were, their faithfulness, their commitment to the Lord and his commandments. No, you think of the greatness of God Almighty. You think of his mercy, his compassion, his faithfulness, his saving power as when he brought them out of Egypt, as he reminds them of in our reading today, and brought them through the waters and made them his. Because despite your sin, despite your wickedness, despite what evils others might try to attach to your name, you have been brought through the water. You have been called by name. You are the Lord's. You are known by his goodness, his faithfulness, his mercy, his compassion. You are known by his son, Jesus Christ. God's own child, I gladly say it. I am baptized into Christ. Satan can drop his ugly accusations. I am baptized into Christ. His name, the name above all names, can never be sullied, can never be dragged through the mud. Though the world tried to do it to him, to take his life and shame him, He endured the shame of our sin that his name might be our glory. Dear friends in Jesus Christ, that's who you are in Jesus Christ. Baptized into him. The Lord God calls you by name and says, you are mine. I have formed you. I have made you. I have redeemed you. You belong to me. Find your joy and your hope and your glory in my name. God grant that we would this day and always glory in the name of Jesus Christ, our baptized Lord, into whom we are joined by our own baptism. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.